Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. Our purpose is to show you that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're glad you joined us here for the conversation as we're challenged from the book of 1 Samuel to let God lead. Now let's hear what Kurt has to say. Welcome back, my friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth in a brand new chapter today that's always exciting. And the chapter is chapter number 26. So uh, David has navigated the situation with Nabal, and he has come away with that situation with a brand new wife, uh, Abigail. And what what's tremendous takeaways we've seen over the last uh, few days just with all that God did in using the wisdom of Abigail. We continue on with David's journeys, though, and we're in chapter 26 and verse 1. Where the Bible says, And the Ziphites came unto Saul to Gibeah, saying, Doth not David hide himself in the hill of Hakalah, which is before Jeshimon? Then Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph, having three thousand chosen men of Israel with him to seek David in the wilderness of Ziph. So I think we'll stop there just to get started uh, today, John. But we're beginning to see a pattern, uh, and, the, and the pattern, you're, you're seeing a dichotomy really in Israel, uh, people that are, that are sensitive to David and to God's call upon his life, and, and others that are manipulative and opportunistic and using these opportunities as a chance to kind of kiss up with the king and maybe get some favor and that's what I see here with the Ziphites. Oh, without a doubt, that's true, Pastor. And good observation about the contrast. We have Abigail in the last chapter who really was saying, David, this is what God's going to do in your life. And she knew how God would bless David. But then people, as you mentioned, who want to try to appeal to Saul's ego, they're trying to say, hey, Saul, we know where David's at. And so we do see a great contrast between different types of people in Israel right now. And, you know, I want to give a little bit of grace to the people of Israel because we don't entirely know what information they're receiving, but there ought to be enough clues in Saul's behavior to at least cause a question mark in people's minds, to question the the media, to question what they're hearing, because David has done nothing but behave himself wisely, not only in respect to Saul, but think about the way that he delivered uh, the townspeople uh, in several episodes ago. And he continues to, and, and perhaps this is one of the reasons why Gad the prophet went to Moab and said, David, come back to your land. Just because you're not the king in title doesn't mean that you're still not to shepherd and care for God's people. And people are seeing that. It reminds me, in a small way, what happens to the Son of David, the Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament, uh, how that there was the people should have realized who Jesus was. The Bible is clear about that. And there were some people that did, the minority did, but the leadership was lying about Jesus and saying things about him and trying to turn the crowd against him. And we find that Saul in David is trying to do that, turn people against David, because he wants David to die. And just as in the case of David, even though Jesus was maligned, and uh, misunderstood, uh, and the, the leadership sought to frame him as an insurrectionist, 
Jesus still went about doing good and blessing people and groups of people, just as David is doing in the passages here. Look at verse 3. And Saul pitched in the hill of Hakalah, which is before Jeshimon, by the way. But David abode in the wilderness, and he saw that Saul came after him into the wilderness. So David is aware of Saul chasing him. And I think it would be wise at this point, John, to talk about the fact that 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 deal that they had made, remember yes. six or seven episodes ago when David had the opportunity to kill Saul and, and Getty and Saul said, oh, David, you're right. You're more righteous than I am. God surely has you to be on the throne. Well, Saul has now, you talk about recidivism, Saul's gone right back to his old maniacal ways. You know, this is exactly what David knew had happened. David by now knows that Saul just keeps going back and doing the same old thing. And when, even when Saul appears to repent, he really is not. And that's why David does not trust Saul. When there's no real relationship with God, there can never be real victory in one's life. And I know that we don't live in the Old Testament, but I would say that as New Testament believers, we have uh, even a greater accountability because we have the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. And Peter was careful to point out that if we are constantly sinking back into the same habitual sins in our life, like a dog returning to its vomit, like a sow that wallows in the mire, then Peter says it's almost as if we're clouds without water. There is the appearance of substance, but there's nothing inside. There's nothing really there. And I'm not here to question anybody's salvation today, but I I think it should be a red flag in my life and in yours if We are constantly coming back to the same habits, coming back to the same addictions, never seeing any mode of victory. It ought to at least cause us to say, am I, do I have a bona fide relationship with God? Without doubt, that is the great key in Saul's life is he never does get right with God and therefore will never be right with David. And and we all know that people can fall into addiction, but that is not normal. And that's not what God wants. And and that is not where the Christian should live. And if a Christian just thinks they cannot have victory, they do not understand the treasure they have in Christ. And as you mentioned, Pastor, they need to really look at their life and say, am I in fellowship with God? Do I have the relationship with God that I need to overcome the sin in my life? Right. And and, and please understand me, my friends. I'm not saying that if you're in addictive sin right now or you've fallen into the same area again and again that that you're not saved. I'm just saying let that be a a point of introspection is what I'm saying because relationship with Christ and fellowship with Christ is going to produce victory. Look at verse number 4. David therefore sent out spies and understood that Saul was come in very deed. And David arose and came to the place where Saul had pitched. And David beheld the place where Saul lay, and Abner, the son of Ner, the captain of his host, we would say today the general of the army. And Saul lay in the trench, and the people pitched round about him. So Saul is seeking David 
but David's scouts have identified where Saul is, and David is now kind of spying on him. And again, it's interesting in the providence of God, how God works in the affairs of people. And we find it very much in Saul and David here. And David's spies, as you mentioned, know exactly where Saul is at. And yet Saul is still having a difficult time going right to David and locating him. In a sense, John, it's as if David has another opportunity to ambush. What do we know about David? Well, we know that David can fight. We know that David now, over time, because his, his, this ragtag group that has gathered themselves to David, they've already fought now a couple battles. Uh, they know what it is to operate as a team. They were ready to deal with Nabal's household. And uh, no doubt, although they would be outnumbered, they would have a surprise attack here. Uh, they could certainly do some guerrilla warfare and you know, attack the, the scouts and the outer guard. But David is going to adopt a very different, a d- very different strategy here. You know, David does have respect for Saul as the king. And David, we already have seen at En Gedi how he spared the life of Saul. And that really is David's attitude towards Saul, that Saul is God's anointed. I will let God deal with Saul in God's timing. I have found in my pastoral experience that people are generally ready to forgive somebody for even big things once or twice. But when there is consistently negative behavior, patterned negative behavior, people tend to give up. But what we find about David is he really never gives up on Saul, does he? Even though his rational self is saying, I know that Saul's going to chase me. I know that Saul wants to kill me. I know that even his promises are empty. But he he just maintained a an attitude of submission and humility and hope. You know, David is a great example to us of how no matter how difficult leadership may be, we can respond correctly and we can act correctly. You know, leadership doesn't always do right, obviously. We see examples in scripture throughout history, but David is the classic example of how we respond even when leadership is wrong. Reminds me again of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, how he responded to the 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 high priest who was not at all doing what he should have been doing, but Jesus responded with compassion and love. Reminds me of Old Testament characters like Joseph or like Daniel, who served under capricious kings, who had no desire to honor God. Matter of fact, their entire life was centered on themselves. And yet these men were men whom God blessed because they understood the principle of accountability and leadership, the higher authority, all of it. And, and God used them, as we know, in a great way. It, it, we, that's a great example to us, Pastor, today, how that we in our lives need to have the right mentality, regardless whether we have a good leader or, or a poor leader. We need to be right toward our leader regardless. So what we're going to do is next episode, we're going to examine what David does with this? What, what does David do with this opportunity? I know where Saul is, and I know that he's reneged on his promise. I know that he wants to kill me. Uh, for some people, this would be the all the justification they would need to say, okay, I gave him his chance. 
fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I'm going to go after him. And we're going to see a marked difference in the attitude of David. But we're going to have to wait until next episode. So thanks for joining us again today. Hope you have a great day in the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If everyday truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.